I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, everyone. This is Aresh Shirali from Mint, and I'm here to introduce you to our latest podcast, Mint Views Daily Dispatch. I have with me my colleagues Anant Vijay Kala, Srija Kundu, Srijay Sinha, and Rohit Ranjan. The idea is to offer you insights on the latest issues that catch our attention every day. Welcome to Mint Views. Our Chief of Defence Staff, the first ever appointed by India, Bipin Rawat, General Bipin Rawat, has recently said at the Rai Sina Dialogue in New Delhi that India may need to adopt the U.S. model of a war on terror. So long as countries sponsoring terror exist, terror will persist, he believes, and the best way to go about it would be to actually wage an extended war on terror. What exactly he means is not immediately clear from what he has said, but it seems he would like countries that sponsor terror to be isolated internationally and to be hauled up or taken to task in some way or another. Military, militarily or not is not very clear. But the question we have today is whether the US model of a war on terror is ideal for a country like India. Will it work? Uh, should we or should we not? What should we do? It's a complicated question. Uh, Shrija, what do you think? Um, so, Harisha, I mean, he's definitely used the analogy of the US narrative on war and terror. But we see the cost that is associated with this narrative. So, for instance, if you look the US action post 9 by 11 in Afghanistan, it's a prime example of what a war and terror did. You know, so the US basically wanted to eliminate the Al Qaeda, that was their prime. Uh, nemesis after the war on terror. But look what it did to the region. The region is now conflict-ridden. It's military, socially, politically devastated. And in the process, it has actually created, or rather, the ISIS has been actually able to expand its influence across the global horizon. You talk about the recent uh, Sri Lankan attacks that happened. So these are manifestations, these are examples of case studies where you see the war on terror has actually led to a very negative consequence or ramification in that sense. And also I would say that um, I think it's a problem. It's probably a very broad and a very complicated procedure to come to a definitive conclusion, definitive understanding of what terrorism is. My feeling here is that it's being suggested that India will define terror its very own way. But the US model is curious because there are two particular responses there. There is the Bush response, which messed up the Middle East, shall we say, and like you said, uh, created ISIS in a sense. There is also the Obama response, who went and actually got Osama bin Laden, you know, uh, the 9-11 plotter, the chief planner. Uh, so what exactly do we mean by the US model is another question. Uh, Shrijay, what do you have to say about this? 
that exact model we'll have to figure out uh, in course of time and uh, the general himself probably will have to spell out the exact model of what he means when he says that uh, we should adopt the, the, the US model in, as far as the, the war on terror is concerned. But you see, uh, for all its uh, uh, you know uh, weaknesses and for all its failures, uh, for all the, the, the America's failures in, in its war on terror, uh, the world today is a far uh, less dangerous place than it was in 2001. You see, had the US not responded the way it did with a heavy hand against this, this uh, terrorists, they, they would have been uh, emboldened. Following, following that, that, uh, that uh, dramatic attack in the US, uh, uh, the US forces totally decimated uh, the, these forces in, in Afghanistan, in, they took out uh, Osama bin Laden and various uh, uh, Mullah Omar, etc. So uh, they were demoralized. But we also have to uh, keep in mind that uh, the US had very powerful allies in, in the UK, Canada, New Zealand and Australia. Whether uh, India, India can afford to have such allies in its folds. Also, does India have the political heft globally and the economic heft to take on such risks? These are questions that India uh, needs to kind of, you know, weigh, weigh before uh, going ahead with, with such a model. So. The country we seem to want to isolate, Pakistan, is actually a nuclear weapon armed country. So that complicates things a little bit over here. Uh, Anant, what do you think about this? My view is that uh, General Howard does not, I don't think that he is only talking about military solutions or military policies, change in military stance of India. He is also talking about a diplomatic offensive and he is talking about a change in the way we have carried out diplomacy and uh, tried to present our viewpoints in the global stage. I think we have had a history, um, not in the past few years but over several decades, of being pretty soft diplomatically. And we've had the tendency of, uh, you know, you mind your own business and I'll mind my own business. Staying out of others' business and expecting them to stay out of your business also. But unfortunately, it has worked only one way. India has stayed out of global affairs, has not meddled. But other countries, Pakistan, China, Turkey, Malaysia, many others have always interfered in our inter internal matters. And this has cost us because we continue to follow that kind of a soft diplomatic uh, policy. Now, that is what we need to change. I think as we grow as an economy, as a uh, bigger player in the global stage, we need to assert ourselves much more uh, prominently on the global stage. So, this is a good thing, I think. He's talking about at least a diplomatic shift can be initiated, if not militarily. We can be diplomatically much more assertive so that our point of view is presented on the global stage much more, uh, you know, in a better manner. But coming from the Chief of Defense Staff, it would suggest that we are talking military action here, uh, prospectively, if it comes to that. Uh, the other thing is, it may turn on whether or not we believe the U.S. is actually winning or has won the war on terror. Uh, like with the French Revolution, as it was famously said, it's too early to tell whether America has actually won the war on terror and what the effects of 9-11 would be. It was called Operation Enduring Freedom, right? Uh, and it's not clear whether the world today in general overall is freer today than it was before they launched the war on terror. So that's one aspect which needs to be perhaps examined from the larger perspective of how history plays out. Uh, in that sense, 
it's still not clear whether America has gained an upper hand in this whole thing and whether its actual actions have done good for the country or not. Uh, on that note, uh, we hope that India makes a sensible decision, a judicious kind of mix of what of policies and what needs to be done to contain the menace of terror. Thank you. That will be all for today. Tune in tomorrow to get your dose on Mint's editorial discussions. If you have recommendations or any issue that you would like us to discuss, please send in your suggestions to podcasts at hindustantimes.com. For more on Mint views, you can follow us on Twitter at Shrija Kundu. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.